This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message. Cool, so we're starting a series this morning called Spirit Power. And I'm really excited about this because I feel like God is wanting to, 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 to take us, all of us, into another dimension of the gifts of the Spirit. And so it's been a journey for us over the last seven years or so, since 2012 especially, that we've been pursuing more of the gifts of the Spirit. And I tell you, every now and again, I feel like God is, takes me into another dimension, into like a, a higher level of grace. And the same way God's unlocking the gifts of the Spirit in many of our lives, which is so exciting. And uh, so I think it was in February I felt the Lord say to me, um, Andre, I'm taking you into another another dimension. And I can really feel it. Just the grace of God upon our lives when we go places or even just here in East London, it's just like God is moving. And it's, and it's really exciting. to. Uh, it's humbling in the sense that God would work through us, but it's, it, 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 you, you come alive when you pray for somebody and suddenly it is Jesus working through you and their lives are transformed. It is, it is incredible. So I want to share a few stories today to stir your faith, and, uh, and, and, and I want to encourage you, every story we share is an invitation for you to experience the same. Every story is an invitation. It's like, Lord, do it again. Do it again in our lives. And over the years, I've often I've watched men of God and people that really move in the gifts, and I was like, Lord, I want that too. And I, I don't think God minds. I think He wants us to see the grace of God on somebody's life. And it's not covetousness. It's not being jealous. It's just like, God, if you can do it for Him, you can do it through me. Amen. So come on, say it. God can do it through me. All, all things are possible when God is in the house. Also, so it's just like anything can happen. And some years ago, we were in India, and there was a Canadian prophet in India, that prayed over South African pastor, me. And he prophesied over us, and he said, you guys are going to be ridiculously good at flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, say, that's me. Ridiculously good at flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. And, and, and I must say, at that time, it felt like no ways, no way, impossible, almost, you know. And then just, it says, God is doing more and more, and more, and more. See, it's not us, it's Him through us. So we had an incredible um, pastor summit recently. So we were about 50 plus churches that we oversee. And uh, so we were almost about 100, between 19 and 100 pastors and leaders uh, in, in Cape Town at a retreat. And so I was responsible for leading the whole thing. And man, I was putting out my faith. I was like, come on, I want to call the guys higher. I want to call them into this more. It's sort of my theme. They, they, they laugh normally, but I just say, guys, there's more. Then they smile. And, and this is sort of the theme the whole week was, guys, there's more. Don't settle for doing ministry by your own ability because God wants to do ministry through you. It's by the Spirit. I asked the pastors, who's done ministry by the flesh, by your own ability? And the hands go up. It's not lacquer. They know it's not lacquer. It's not nice. When you're striving, it's not nice when you're insecure. It's not nice when you, you're afraid. It's not nice when you're doing it in your own ability trying to change lives. 
But it's amazing when God's in the house and He works through us and it's He's, he do, he's doing the work. That is so liberating. And, and so one of the, 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 the gifts that the Lord has been unlocking in my life, over the, especially over the last six months, is speaking in human languages supernaturally. So I've shared some of the stories, but I have an awesome new one. <laughs> it blew me away. But I've, I've spoken in Osa, uh, the one time we were at uh, Cambridge location, and I was just praying in the Spirit, in tongues, or in by my, my Spirit. It's, a, it's like a, a heavenly language. You don't understand it. And I was just praying over people, and then one of the guys said to me, no, you actually you said Vuleka. I was saying Vuleka, Vuleka. I, I don't know the language, but it means open up. While we we're praying for people that were responding on the altar call, God was saying, open up. Open up your heart. Open up your spirit. Vuleka, Vuleka. I was like, yes, that's beautiful. And then a few times, I've, I've, I've spoken Spanish now a few times, Hebrew a few times, Sesutu, and a few other things as well. And so last week, Friday, not this past week, the previous week, I was actually off on the Friday of the summit. I was ministering on the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I was like, finally, I'm not going to rest. I've done my bit. We've moved forward. Now other guys can, can take it. So I was awake around just before 3 o'clock that morning, like the Holy Spirit wakes me up. I'm like, no, it's really early. And I could feel it. This is not like wake up and sleep again an hour later. This is wake up and pray for the rest of the morning. So I was up before 3 and I was just uh, praying the whole morning. I was, I was quite tired, I must say, later on. And then at some point we were just worshiping and, and we were all just pursuing the fullness of the Spirit and God was in the house. And at some point I was just praying in the Spirit. I was praying in tongues. I was proclaiming and these, these three words just came to mind over. I was just saying this over and over again. It is vera mas se. So I was just saying vera mas se. Vera mas se. And I'm like, that is not a heavenly language. That's a human language. I'm like, Google Translate. Come on. God, what are you saying to us? What are you saying to show for our Christian church? What are you wanting to do in us? And it's Spanish. For you will see more. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, it's one thing if I would say, guys, I really feel we're going to see more. It's another thing when you receive it in a supernaturally in a human language, prophetically, God is saying, you will see more. You're not just, it's not, it's not vain imaginations. You're not just making it up. You're not just uh, going on having fancy ideas. It is, this is my will for you. And I believe this is God's will for us. Even while we're just worshiping this morning, I felt God is saying, it's going to, we're going to see things, it's going to blow our minds. Absolutely going to rock our worlds. When God shows up, you can't remain the same. You can't remain the same. And so I want to encourage you, we're going to see more. Amen. Come on, let's say it. We're going to see more. Why? Because God loves people. That's it. Why the gifts? I want to answer this more. I just want to lay a foundation for, for the series over the next month, four Sundays. We're going to talk about the gifts. Uh, uh, to this morning, I want to just answer this question. Why the gifts of the Spirit? 
1 Corinthians 12, there are nine gifts. There are probably more than those nine gifts, but it, there's nine listed in 1 Corinthians 12. And, and, and the question is why? There's one answer. Love. God loves people. And He wants to tangibly demonstrate His love to them. He wants to rock their worlds. He wants to... I mean, our country needs Jesus. Have you noticed? And a powerless religious church without Jesus in our midst is not going to cut it. And that's where you and I come in. Every one of us. It was never meant to be the pastor, the preacher. Now he moves in the gifts of the Spirit. No, I equip the saints for the work of the ministry. As I've said before, I drink coffee with my wife. At home, you guys do ministry. Amen. Come on, say that's a good word. <laughs> and I also do ministry. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So Paul the Apostle, he, he, he speaks to the Corinthian church, a very charismatic church. The gifts of the Spirit were in operation in their church, but it was like abused in a sense. There, was, there wasn't order and there was confusion. And he said, I don't want you to misunderstand this. I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be misinformed. I don't want you to be confused. And there are so many people confused about the gifts of the Spirit. Some think it's not for today anymore. Some think it's not for them anymore. Or not for them. It's only for the special people. And it's not so. It is for everyone. I'm going to show you from the Scriptures that it is for each one. So Paul brings clarity and context. So over this month, I want to bring clarity and context. Probably next week, we're going to focus on words of knowledge, supernaturally hearing things from the Lord, and then probably the next week, prophecy. But we'll, we'll see how the, how the Spirit leads. Okay, so why the gifts of the Spirit? First answer, it is love revealed. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. It says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, you know what a leper is? A leper is a guy who's physically dying. He's like the walking dead. His flesh is rotting. He is the unclean. Spiritually, they believe as well, but physically, morally, they were unclean. A, a leper had to go around shouting, unclean! unclean, and then everybody ran away. <laughs> they lived outside of the town. They were rejected. They were feared because of you know, infection type of thing. And here's this guy, a leper. Who's, I mean, his, his flesh is rotting. Have you, have you smelled rotting flesh? Not a nice smell. You want to run. And so this guy comes and he's like, Jesus, if you are willing, make me clean. And I believe this leprosy represents just the, the state of mankind. We're dying morally, spiritually. We need help. We need help from God. And then Jesus, verse 41, says, Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I'm willing to be cleansed. Jesus moved with compassion. Why did Jesus heal? Because he was moved with compassion. I have good news. Jesus is still moved with compassion. He's not dead. 
Through His Holy Spirit, He is working in our midst. He still has compassion on us. Our brokenness, our hurts, our depressions, our the darkness we're wrestling with, the insecurities, the fears, whatever it might be, Jesus is still moved with compassion. And He doesn't just from a distance say, Be healed. <laughs> you know, He's not like, he, he touches the leper. He touches the leper. He could have from a hundred meters away just said, Be healed. But he didn't because he loves people. And he didn't only want to heal the physical being of the leper. He wanted to heal his heart. He wanted to communicate to the leper, you value. You're valuable. I love you. I value you. You've been rejected. You've been ashamed. You've been despised. I, I receive you. I love you. And God is saying the same to every one of us. Jesus wants to come and put his arm around your shoulder and say, Hey, can I help you with it? (laughs) Through the Holy Spirit, he is here. And the gifts of the Spirit builds that bridge where you, it's like you're not encountering a person, you're encountering Jesus as he's touching your heart, as he's touching your life. So, why the gifts? Because it's about love revealed. You see, many times the gifts of the Spirit are abused by people or misused by people. or It's used to exalt ourselves when it should be about exalting Jesus. And so the Lord wants to, to the, the, the right context needs to be if we want to not abuse the gifts but apply it in the right way. So the classic scriptures, 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians 12 about the gifts, 1 Corinthians 14 about the gifts, and in the middle is 1 Corinthians 13, is about the love of God. And it says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, even if you can't supernaturally speak human languages, but you don't love others, you know, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, in other words, I could hear God's voice for people and it would rock their worlds. And if I understood all of God's secret plans so that I could write books and sell millions and possessed all knowledge that will just amaze people and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, a man, I really want to move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Strong words. Nothing. Come on, say nothing. In other words, if we don't love people, we are nothing. In the, in, the, in the kingdom of God, we value, we have no value if we don't love well. And I think sometimes people miss this. We Obviously, I, like most people, I really, really love seeing God move mightily. I love to see a miracle. It's, it's wonderful. But there's something more important than that. It's about loving somebody. It's about somebody experiencing the goodness of God. And it says that if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Gained nothing. You see, there's something more than merely revealing the gifts of the Spirit. It is revealing the nature of Jesus Christ. In other words, when, when I mean, that's, that was Jesus' original plan, is that, that we, the body of Christ, that his ministry would continue. And then when people encounter you and me, 
They would actually walk away saying, man, I met Jesus. Christ through us. Not us. We're not gods. Christ through us. And, 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 and sometimes I think we get confused about this, especially when we get excited about the, the things of the Spirit. We must reveal His nature. We must reveal His goodness. The love, the, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All those fruits. You need the fruit of the Spirit and the gift of the Spirit. Sometimes we say it's the one or the other. You see, but the fruit of the Spirit, they actually um, operate best. They flourish in the opposite soil. In other words, supernatural love by the Holy Spirit, the fruit of love, flourishes in an environment where there's hatred and anger and all other bad stuff. That's when it grows. I mean, if you just love people that love you, that's easier. I mean, any one of us can do that. And, and Jesus said, that's not impressive. But when you love your enemies, that's impressive. And you can't do it by your own ability. You can only do it by His help. And so you and I need the fruit of the Spirit. We need to manifest the very nature of the living God. So somebody hates us, but we respond with kindness and goodness and love. That is a miracle in its own. <laughs> that is revealing the nature of God. That is, that is creating an environment that if you now add the gifts of the Spirit, it's an unstoppable combo. Unstoppable combination. When we are manifesting humility and kindness and love, even with people that are maybe ugly towards us or, or, or negative, but man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love you. You, you just don't know yet. You just haven't, you just haven't experienced Jesus yet. You haven't tasted yet what, what I've, oh, I remember. I also cussed the name of Jesus when I was young. I also was confused about it. So I understand. You, you, you haven't experienced the love of God. So I'm not angry at you. I'm just gonna love you. But when you taste Jesus, it's going to rock your world. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit, revealing the nature of God, and that's why love is so important. A miracle without the love of God is a loss. Is a loss. Loving somebody, and even there's no miracle, that's a win. So we need to trust God to love people well. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. It says, us a spiritual gift is given to some of us. I hope you can read. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Come on, say each of us. Come on, say that means me. Each of us, so we can help each other. So that we, it, it says that every one of us have received a spiritual gift it's available to every one of us for the profit of all, for the common good, for the benefit of others. In other words, I desire the gifts of the Spirit so that it can benefit somebody else. I desire the, the power of the Holy Spirit in my life so that I can love somebody better. You seeing it? But it's for every one of us. Jesus never called only the preacher to move in the gifts of the Spirit. It should be every one of us. Come on, renounce that lie that you can't hear the voice of God or God can't do great things through you. He wants to work mightily through you. So we went to Shofar Graf Renet during the holidays. So we did a Holy Spirit Impact Weekend there, and it's a small church. And I sent a video before the time. 
to sort of psych them up. Holy Spirit Impact Weekend, yes. And I follow up with the pastor, and he said, to, I'm like, you know, excited. He said, well, only half of them. I said, why? And it came out that there's but of theology running around among some of them that like the supernatural is no longer for today. You know, God doesn't move mightily anymore. So I followed up with another video <laughs> and a few scriptures. <laughs> and I asked, are, you, are they excited now? They, now they are excited. So awesome. But I, I, I followed up with some of the people and it came out that they were really afraid because I was sharing stories of people getting healed on the video, physically healed through Jesus Christ. And, uh, and some of them were terrified. Because like, what if, what if no one gets healed? What if Andre comes and the team comes and nothing happens? I'm like, but what if something happens? And I said, they were terrified, some of them. And we had an awesome weekend. It was incredible what God did. Like 40 people or so for the weekend. And we had God moved so powerfully. The one guy... He had back problems for about 14 years and he had no feeling in the top part of his leg. No feeling here. And uh, so Jesus touched him and all the feeling returned. He was very excited now that his wife can sit next to him and touch his leg and he can feel it. <laughs> and the back was also healed, praise God. And so at some point we were just praying for some people. That were people sitting, we were just getting some feedback. And then um, the one lady shared about something that the Lord did. And then she shared that she was diagnosed in Port Elizabeth with cancer in the eye, just behind the eye, cancer. And so put her hand there, and uh, we prayed for her. And the next moment she said she felt like a heat from the hand into her eye. That was a Saturday afternoon, and she had an appointment with a specialist in Cape Town on Monday morning. So Monday morning, she went to the specialist. They did all the tests, and they couldn't find any cancer. Hallelujah. Jesus heals. How cool is that? That lady's life is rocked. And she just shared a message. And when she walked out of the, of the offices of the specialist, she was just worshiping Jesus. You are my healer. You are the Lord who forgives me all my sins and the God who heals all my, all my diseases. He is. Jesus is alive. There's so many other things the Lord did, but you should have seen that little church. They were like, woo! Jesus! Their lives have been transformed because they've been equipped and then they stepped out and they saw Jesus work through them as well. It was amazing. Come on, it's for every one of us. But the Lord wants to primarily reveal the nature of God. He wants to reveal, and that's what I often tell people when they get healed. I'm telling you, see? Jesus loves you. Evidence. We know He loves us, but it's just a little bit of extra evidence that He loves you. So, for who is it? For each of us. Why? So we can benefit one another. It's not for ourselves. It's not for us to look good. It's for Jesus to be glorified. I can't heal a headache. So something practical. Become the embodiment of compassion in action. Become the embodiment of Christ as Jesus was, he was moved by compassion. What if you and I would also be moved by compassion? Let the compassion, the love of God in your heart overwhelm your fears. And then you pray for somebody and then something happens. Amen. 
Let his compassion overwhelm your fears. Let his compassion overwhelm your insecurities. We say, God, I so want to be a blessing to others, to physically just love them, but also to see you tangibly by the power of your spirit impact their lives. So there was a, a lady in Gerard as well. She um, was mightily touched on multiple levels. She was physically healed, spiritually delivered. And then we had an activation moment the, the Saturday evening where like, we're going to not prophesy over one another. So you're going you're gonna to stand in front of somebody else. You're going to trust. You've got one minute to trust God for a word for, for, her, for, for the other person. A few people ran out. <laughs> Terrified. And there's one lady shared the next day. She was terrified. She wanted to run as well. It's like, ah, I can't do this. And then she testified that the other person stood in front of her and she closed her eyes and she touched the person's shoulder or something, just trusted God for a word. And the next moment she saw visions, mental pictures by the Holy Spirit for these people and they were so mightily touched. She shared the next day and she's a leader in the church. And she was terrified of, 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 of prophesying over people. And suddenly she's getting these words, and the next day at the end of the service, I called everybody forward, and all the others, and they prayed for them, for the other people, and they prophesied and trusted God for words. You see, it is so easy. You must just overcome your fear. Come on, say it, no fear. Don't fall for the lies of the enemy that is not for you. It's not you, it's Christ through you. So it's really easy. It's really easy. You just position yourself in the right place. So the second reason... Good news now. The second reason you need the gifts of the Spirit or desire should desire the gifts of the Spirit because it is good news right now. So imagine this for a moment. We go back to the Jesus' time and he preaches and he says, Guys, the good news, good news, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now the gospel, good news. So Jesus preaches good news. The kingdom of heaven is here now. And then he turns around and he goes to his his, his house, and he watches the, the Wimbledon tennis final. That's happening this afternoon. <laughs> and, he's, he's, he, and, and, and the disciples come to Jesus, and it's like, Jesus, is, is, is that it? You said good news. Yes, I told him. Good news. The kingdom is at hand. Bless you. Cheers, eh? Have a good day. <laughs> no, that's silly. Good news is good news now. Good news is you can be saved now. Jesus can wash away your sins now. Good news now, you can be healed right now, physically. Good news, you can be set free from fear and darkness on your soul. The kingdom of heaven is at hand now. It's good news now. And you need the gifts of the Spirit to make it good news now. Otherwise, it's not good news now. It's maybe one day. And so many people live in one day after the Antichrist has come and the beast has chowed all of us up, then, then we're going to have good news. Duh. No, man. I've got better news than that. Jesus is alive right now. And he's working mightily. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. The original plan was always that Jesus would continue his ministry through his body. The body of Christ. It says, and they went out and preached everywhere. This is now after Jesus has ascended. And the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. The Lord working with them, the Lord working through them. God, Jesus Christ, continuing his ministry. He is the Savior, the Healer, the Deliverer, the whatever he needs to be in the moment. That's who he is. 
You know, and sometimes the gospel, the good news, is like, oh, it's dry desert land, and they are, good news, there's rain clouds coming. And the rain clouds come, and then no rain. <laughs> and the clouds pass. It's like false promises. Oh, Jesus is wonderful. And then squat, nothing. Powerless gospel. Rain clouds, but producing no rain. That is not the good news. The good news is, right now, anything can actually happen. Right now. Sometimes when we preach, people get healed even just while we're preaching. Right now, anything can happen in this place. Amen. Come on, let's say it. Anything's possible. Right now. Amen. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is here. And you know, sometimes what happens is, and I think this, is, this, this often happens, unfortunately, part of the church body is what you would call charismania. They do weird. And they lack the love of God. And they use and abuse people for finances. You know, and they, and they, and they are miracles. And what happens, ultimately people get disillusioned and they run the other way. Because it's fake, it's false, it's a lot of rubbish. And yes, they, they, they are the fakes and they are the, the hoaxes and they are the charlatans. That's true. But God calls you and me to be the real deal. For every false prophet, there's a real prophet. Amen. For every false, fake miracle and people messing with people and abusing them or you know, charlatans, there, there's the real deal. And I believe we can be the real deal. That's why I love it. We pray for somebody. They go to the doctors. We get evidence. Yield. Not made up. Not having to fake it. The real deal. And in Jude 11 to 13, um, it speaks about people that don't have the godly character. That's why we have to start here before we get into next week into the, the, the practical around the gifts of the Spirit. We need godly character. But it says here, and this is God basically speaking about those who are the fakes and the false and who lack the real character. It says, what sorrow awaits them, the fakes? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain who killed his brother. In other words, there's believers who actually they wound others. And when you've experienced the fake, the false, you know, you want to run away. You want to say, well, I run away for all prophecy because that was horrible. I mean, there was manipulation. There was some bad stuff happening. So you want to run the other way. And then you think prophecy is not of God anymore. And there are so many churches positioning themselves in that place these days. Like, oh, that was carnage. So no, no, no gifts in this church anymore. We're going to have control. You know, so we can have order. And it says, hey, footsteps of Cain who killed his brother. And I believe that speaks of the damage that's caused when the gifts of the Spirit are abused. Or like Balaam, who was a prophet, but they deceive people for money. Okay, we don't prophesy for people, over people so they can give us money. Amen. We serve, we love, no strings attached. If you're in this church, not in this church, we're going to love you. Amen. And like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. Now Korah was like an Old Testament guy who rebelled. He led a rebellion against Moses. And there's also sometimes, this is the excesses, when people who pursue the gifts of the Spirit, they're like, yo, miracles, we want the power of God, we want all of that. But we're not willing to submit to leadership. We're not willing to allow people to give us feedback. We're not willing to be accountable to people to tell us, hey, I was off. 
Hey, that wasn't right. Hey, ooh, you're missing something there. You know, I'm accountable. I'm accountable to my wife. I'm accountable to the elders. I'm accountable to our apostolic team. So there are people giving me feedback, and I need to take it. And I need to adapt and change. But there are a bunch of people in the church world. Currently, they're like Lone Ranger cowboys. Want to do their own thing. Accountable to nobody. But man, I'm the prophet of the Lord. Self-proclaimed. You know? And I believe that's part of this journey. If you want to grow in the maturity of the gifts, you need to walk in accountability. Sean Bolt, I don't know if you know him, but he, he moves in the word of knowledge like no other I know of in the world. God uses him mightily. And he says when he started out, his pastor gave him advice. He said to him, Sean, when you prophesy, you give somebody a word, you say, I feel God is saying this to you. Follow, especially when there's specific dates, times, things, follow up with them. Phone them a month later. Phone them six months later. Phone them a year later. Evaluate. Are you hearing the voice of God? Or are you missing it at times? Man, I was so blown away when I, when I heard this, how I did. And that's how you grow. I'll share more about that next week. But how you grow in the maturity of the gifts is to get feedback. Even the person you prayed for, is that, did that work for you? No, 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 I'm not pregnant. I am, you know, whatever you felt. No, I don't have four kids. Or <laughs> whatever. I really felt you had four kids. No. <laughs> you know, get, get feedback because then you can learn and you can position yourself and you can get real. And you say, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, it was Nastasha, actually. She had this lovely word. Um, she was in, uh, maybe I shared this before, but she was in a coffee shop in Somerset West and she asked the Lord for, uh, uh, there was a couple that came in and they looked a little bit, didn't look very Christian. Although you should not judge by the externals. <laughs> and she was like, Lord, give me a word for this guy. And then the guy walked past for coffee or something. And then she, when he came back past, she felt like the Holy Spirit said to her, tell him you have many dreams. You receive like dreams at night. You receive a lot, a lot of dreams at night. So she got up and she went to this random stranger. Awkward. <laughs> Say, hi, I'm Nastasha. And uh, I felt this, I wanted to learn to hear the voice of God, I just felt like God saying that you, you have a lot of dreams. And I said, the guy said, no, I don't. I said, okay, just learning to hear the voice of God, sorry, bless you. She went back to her seat, and then she said, later she and another lady that went outside, and they walked into the parking lot, then a car stopped next to them, this couple. And the guy said to her, I lied. <laughs> I have a lot of dreams. And then Nastasha said, well, because the door's now open, people. <laughs> May I pray for you? And they said, yes. And so Nastasha put her hand on the lady's arm through the window, just put it and prayed for her. And, so, and, and God touched them so powerfully. This lady was just crying as she prayed for them. What a moment. All it took was somebody just saying, Lord, I'm available. What do you, what, what do you say for this person? What are you saying, God? Well, just tell him he dreams a lot because I know. <laughs> I know you. That is so powerful. It opens the hearts of people for the good news and for us to love them well. Guys, we, we should desire this. You can step into another person's boat in a moment. It's like, hi, Jesus loves you. It is so easy. It is so easy. 
So let's not be like these guys, like Korah, they perish in their rebellion, no accountability, no feedback. I'm like, give me feedback. I want to learn. I'm asking people when I send them words, give me feedback. Did that work for you? Because I want to have the real deal. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. In other words, those that are not open to accountability, those who do their own thing, those who do it for the money, the, you know, when the character is not right, when it's about selfishness, run the other direction, even if they are powerful by the Spirit. It says, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They, they are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. That's not the real deal. Amen. So let's pursue. Let's pursue the real deal. So I want to ask you a question. Can God trust you? Because that's what God has asked me. Can I trust you? Can I trust you with my power? Are you going to do it to self-exalt? Or are you going to exalt Jesus Christ? Are you going to promote yourself? Or are you going to give glory to Jesus? And I believe the same way God is asking us that question can your character handle this? Are you willing to work on it? Are you willing to humble yourself? Are you willing to be a servant? Are you willing to, to, to receive feedback when you missed it? Are you willing to be open to grow and to learn? Because otherwise God can't trust us. And some of, the, some of the things I've had to learn over the years. So practically, earnestly, passionately desire the gifts for the purpose of helping others. Desire the gifts and pray. Pray. Pray this prayer. Say, Lord, work in me your nature. God, I want to I reveal the nature of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, let's pray that. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to reveal your nature, your goodness, your love for people. Amen. Amen. Third one, or just read that verse, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. It says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that's best of all, the way of love. Earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Are you desiring it? You need to say, God, I, I really want you to work through me. I want to hear your voice. I want to be used of you. And then thirdly, op it op the, the, the supernatural opens hearts to the message of Christ. Acts chapter 8, verse 5 to 8. It says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. They obeyed the word because of the miracles they saw and heard. Then it says, for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. So it says there the, 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 the purpose of the gifts, the signs, and the wonders was so that their hearts would open to the fullness of God, even the demons manifested. John 4:48, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Some people will not believe until they have an encounter physical encounter with the living God. And this is one of the challenges as well when it comes to the full gospel. Are we going to pursue popularity or are we just simply going to obey Jesus? In other words, are we going to, it's like this, this, um, this happened to a lady in Grafrenet. We're at the end of the service. 
we are going to leave. Everybody's leaving. I mean, there's, I don't felt an anointing or presence of God in the house. And she comes to me and she says she's been depressed for 10 years. She has had fear from a very young age. And she's done everything. She said, I've gone to counseling. I have done everything they've told me to do. And I am still depressed. And she was at the weekend. And she asked me like, okay, so what must I do? What must I do? And I'm like, okay, calculating, calculating. (laughs) What must you do? So we had a chat and discovered some of the root issues, the fear from a young age, spirit of fear and things. And at some point I said, well, let, let, me, let me pray with you. Her fiancé was all sitting there. And I prayed with her. The next moment, the power and the presence of God flooded in. And I know this is challenging for some of us, but she manifested a demon. In other words, what happened was she suddenly couldn't breathe. She was like, her eyes went like big. She was terrified, like... <gasps> And she just literally felt this thing, like, grabbing her by the throat. And I was immediately like, you won't hurt her in Jesus' name. You won't touch her in Jesus' name. And then I said to her, the lady, don't worry. You're safe. Jesus is here. He loves you. And he's setting you free right now. So we prayed with her. In the mighty name of Jesus, we commanded this demon to go. I think it was more than one. And it went. And she was set free. She said literally for the last 10 years, she has had this pressure on her chest. Painful, painful pressure. First time in 10 years, the pressure was gone. She was set free. So is it popular to talk about demons? No. (laughs) Is it compassionate? Yes. Yes, because Jesus came to set the captives free. And I'd rather be walking with Jesus than be popular. And I hear recently, Angus Buchan is a good friend of our church family, and they removed him from Cake Net because of his stance on certain sins and things, as he takes a biblical stand. It's like it's wrong. So they removed him. But you can't remove someone when they've got favor with God. So the Lord is actually opening doors for him where prime ministers, he's getting opportunity to speak to prime ministers. He recently spoke in the Israeli parliament preaching the gospel of Jesus, because he doesn't care what people think. (laughs) And he made an altar call, and some of the ministers responded on the message of Christ in the Knesset, I don't know how you say it, in the Knesset of the the Israeli parliament. So I'd rather be with Angus and Jesus and preach the truth and say it as it is so that God can set people free. We are not called to to have a crowd. We're called to raise up the saints to be ministers of the gospel. And that's you. That's you. And it's so awesome when you discover the beauty and the power of God. When there's an anointing, then people are set free. So just the last one, quickly. Number four. Why the gifts? Because it glorifies the name of Jesus. Every miracle brings glory to Christ. That's what the Bible says. Acts 19, 17. whole lot of miracles were happening. And then it says, This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. The name of the Lord Jesus was magnified because there were people who were willing to share their stories. So it's like with Erlen, for instance. Erlen had a 
major back condition beginning of this year, and Jesus supernaturally healed him here in the front. But you know what Erlen did? He went back to the chiropractor. He paid 400 rand to go and share with the chiropractor that Jesus healed him. And I believe that makes you a target for heaven, brother. God wants to bless you. God, God is looking for people who would, when He moves in their lives, they would be willing to share their story. Maybe you have a condition in your body. Maybe there's something wrong in your life. Maybe you're battling with depression. Maybe you're going through something really, really challenging. Instead of just saying, God, why aren't you healing me? Rather say, Lord, use me to be a blessing to others. Despite my stuff, God, I want to be a blessing to others. And Lord, I am trusting you that when you heal me, when you set me free, I'm going to tell the whole world. I tell you, heaven is looking upon you now. Okay, we've got somebody that's available. We have somebody that's a laborer. We've got somebody that will share their story so that the name of Christ can be glorified. Instead of just focusing on your own issues, say, God, I'm available for your glory. Amen. Come on, let's say it. Lord Jesus, I'm available for your glory. I want to share your stories of what you do in my life and through me for your glory. I am available to testify so that your name can be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's a good prayer to pray. Preparing the vessel, preparing the wineskin, so that the kingdom of God can come. So there you have the four reasons. There's more reasons, but there's just four of them. Why the gifts? So that the love of God can be revealed. It's good news right now because the kingdom of God is at hand. Opens the hearts of people to the love of God and it brings glory to Jesus. Amen. So is it a good idea to pursue the gifts of the Spirit? It is. Just get the container right. It's about love. Amen. So over the next three weeks we're going to unpack this. I want to encourage you to join one of the life groups. We're going to also, in the life groups, I want to encourage all the life group facilitators to create an environment where we're going to practice the gifts on one another. So it's safe. Safe environment to grow. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.